on 98FM and online. This is Phoenix FM. Hello, this is Trevor Brookin, and you're listening to the West Ham Way here on Phoenix FM. And welcome to the West Ham Way podcast with myself, Dave Walker, and Kevin Slade from Sex, Drugs, and Colton Cole, alongside Serial YTK blogger, XWHU employee. Tonight, we're going to be talking about another week of highs and lows for the Amers, with the main topics of discussion centering around a brilliant win against Arsenal, a memorable day for Declan Rice, and of course, the inevitable departure of Marco Anoltovic. Robert Snodgrass joins us on the phone to talk about life at West Ham and his campaign to raise money for Isla Caton. X will be giving us the latest news and views before ending the show with questions from our collective followers on social media. That's all coming up on this pre recorded special. So let's start with Arsenal, lads. Uh, I think all three of us were confident of a win, and a win is what we got. When you look at the performance, X, it was never in doubt, was it? I mean, other than for about 15 minutes, I think the second half, was it, where they had a bit of spell, missed a few chances, it, it was a brilliant day. That that was one of those moments, I think, that will stay with you for a long time. I mean, the obvious reason that Declan scored his first goal for the club, but not just that, the atmosphere felt brilliant. I've, all three of us I think we said on last week's show mm. felt confident going into yep. that game as well we all tweeted it I think as well mm. so like it just felt nice playing Arsenal expecting to win playing good football there were spells where it was brilliant and we did win and it, it kind of had everything you know we played well got the goal had to hold on for a bit and it was just buzzing what a day and you know what a moment for that man you know everyone knows my feelings towards him but what a moment I'm yeah. sure you're going to mm. ask us about that in a minute but yeah, of what, course. what a moment yeah. iconic that that moment will be, you know, like do you remember, like Tony Cotty's first goal, Freddie Sears, Tevez's first goal for us. You know, there's Adrian when he scored the penalty. There's certain things that you look back on over time. Mm. If you, oh, I remember that. I remember when I was there. That will be one of those moments. Yeah, sort of moments in West Ham related history, yeah. and that that'll be up there. Mm. They'll be talking about that in 20, 30 years' what time. You know, it's a it was a real special moment, and we will come to that in a second. Um, but now, what's nice as well is, you know, games like that, performances like that, results like that add another memory to the memory bank of the stadium. And I think, you know, a big part of people struggling to warm to the stadium for so long is that it, it, it has no history there. But the more performances like that, good seasons and memorable moments yeah. will endear West Ham fans to that stadium and will create our own history there. So I think games like that are actually very important for the long term of West Ham fans within their new home. So now that was really good. Uh, Kev, standout performers from, from Saturday. I mean, there are some obvious ones, but generally across the board, who, who impressed you most? Declan Rice, of course, um, for getting the goal and I thought he gave his all uh, towards the game. I was really, really, really impressed with Antonio. I think he's getting better and better and better as each game goes on. Mm. And he's Seems really, to be back to his best, doesn't he? Yeah, it? he's really becoming the sort of, yeah, back to his best. He's got his mojo back, hasn't he? Because he sort he of lost his mojo. Ah, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Felipe Anderson, I thought he was superb. Uh, I thought everyone really worked hard for each other as well. I think that's an important, an, an important point to mention. Um, it was a great team effort. 
on Saturday and everyone just worked their socks off for each other and I thought it I just it, it, best performance this season in my opinion there's a, there's 100% a couple, there's a couple of players as well I think there's a praise I think Cresswell like like what you said with Antonio yeah, yeah I think Cresswell is back to his very best I've been really impressed with mm, him the he's, last been week. In, he's been in good form hasn't he Cresswell exactly and mm. so you know when I think about players this year that have turned around their careers at West Ham all got back to their best I think Cresswell I think Antonio and I think Snodgrass and I think the three of them have really really um like become much better players under Pellegrini I thought Diop was brilliant um, as, as well I think he's a fantastic centre back um, and I thought thought Noble did his job really well quietly effective mm. yep. and again we've got uh, to go back to praising this man Fabianski we've got a goalkeeper there that I trust and I, I mm. don't feel like I've 100% trusted a West Ham goalkeeper in a long time like no, you always say oh they've got yeah. a bit of a you know they could make a mistake here or there oh, I don't like them on crosses or oh, I don't they're a bit slow off their line Whereas I genuinely don't have those doubts about Fabianski when the other team scores. I always feel he couldn't have done anything about it. I never think, oh, he could have done a bit better there. I, I think he's been such a good signing that this season. The signing of the season, I yeah, think. Oh, he's me, been so brilliant, far. yeah. Brilliant. And, and, you know, and it just feels so good at the moment. I mean, you know, we haven't, we had a, you know, dodgy result against Burnley, dodgy result against Watford, but I don't know what it is, but the, it just feels very positive despite all of that. And obviously we've just beaten Arsenal, so it feels positive because of that. But there's just something about the spirit at the moment which just feel different mm. this year. Well, I think it says a lot when you're going into an Arsenal game expecting to win it, like the three of us were yeah, last exactly. week. Yeah. You know, that, that says a lot. And it is, it's a real good feeling uh, about the club at the moment. And do you know what's nice? And I think I might have said this last week, but it really is so nice to see is the players enjoying themselves and enjoying their football because you know it is incredibly pressurising playing at this level forget about the money they earn for a minute um it really is pressurising and, and you can see players visibly go down sometimes if things ain't going their way but you can tell there's camaraderie amongst the side you can tell they've bought into the manager and you can tell they're enjoying their football and if you couple that with quality consistency um and effort levels then we prove we can beat anyone. You know, if we turn up on our day and we give 110% and we're clinical in front of goal and we defend well, we've got enough quality to beat anyone in the division. We've, we've proved it. We've taken a few scouts already this season. But it's the days where we don't turn up and we're not quite at our best, where we let ourselves down and we miss opportunities. And, and another opportunity is Bournemouth, which we'll come to. Again, not an easy game. But it, Arsenal wasn't. We expected to win, but we had no right to really but they turned up and, and we fully deserved the victory. It was a brilliant day. I've got, I've got to be honest, the two that worried me the most was uh, Lacazette and Aubameyang yep. because they both got blistering pace. Yeah. And obviously I said last week, Bel, uh, sorry, Diop, I don't think Diop was as good without Balbuena next to him, mm. but he was superb. Yeah. He was a brick wall mm. on Saturday, Diop. I, I agree. And I think yeah. Bonner played really well as he well. Did, yeah. I think that was his best game too. Um, uh, it's weird isn't it because in some ways I felt more confident about playing Arsenal at home than I do Bournemouth away which is a strange scenario because obviously you should they're well drilled aren't they yeah um, and I think it's interesting because like Dave talked about there we're talking about Pellegrini making us that big club mentality and I think we're getting there but still there's that chance that we could just lose to a team that we should beat banana skins yeah banana way. skins and getting that consistency I think we're not far off it and I think considering we're in our first four months of Pellegrini's reign we will get there but hopefully this my fears are not 
met against Bournemouth because we need to get, I'd say, a draw there would be a good result. And then after, after that, who, who's the feature after Bournemouth? We've got the cup game, haven't we? And then is it Liverpool, I think, after that, possibly? Um, I'm not sure. Mm. But, Wolves away after the cup. Oh, Wolves yeah. away. Sorry, yeah, yeah it is Wolves away. You're right. Yeah. And that's a tricky game. Then it's Liverpool, which is, I think, mm. which is a tricky game as well, obviously. Mm. Um, so, yeah, so we've got we've to look to get a solid performance against Bournemouth. A loss would undermine the Arsenal result and this is the trouble and this is the roller coaster of supporting a club where we are in this division because it is such fine margins as we've said so many times you know if we if we do lose on Saturday to Bournemouth personally I'm not incredibly confident about going to Wolves away I'm not incredibly confident about Liverpool at home so you could potentially find yourself three games without a win now, where would that put us? That could put us 12th, 13th, maybe 14th. I haven't got the Premier League table in front of me. But then on the flip side, if you get four points from those fixtures, or even more, as West Ham can deliver, as we know, um, then you know we could find ourselves top seven. So it's, 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 it's fine margins, but this is definitely an opportunity on Saturday because Bournemouth, they, they are, I suppose, a definition of a banana skin. They have been for us in recent times, including a, a defeat this season at home. But I do definitely see weaknesses in their play. Uh, I think, you know, that they are a team that I think play on the counter-attack. They, they, they can break at pace. They're very gritty. I will say this, they turn up every week and play for Eddie Howe. You know, they've got a lot of team spirit, a lot of commitment, but they can definitely easily be exposed. So I think we've got to match them for effort levels. Um, hopefully Pellegrini's been working with them on, on the uh, training pitch all week with set pieces and stuff which we could come unstuck with um, but generally speaking if we're clinical and we want it enough and we're organised then, then we'll go and win we'll win the game yeah, I think Bournemouth. I think um, Eddie Howe keeps my phone is literally retired. He's uh, in pieces. Fall, it's literally falling in pieces. pieces. Oh. Take it out, mate, and hold it. Yeah. <laughs> it's like you're singing now. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, what was I saying? Yeah, I think Eddie Howe is a really good manager. I mean, you've got to look what he's done with Bournemouth. I know he went to Burnley for a little bit and it didn't really work for him there, but what he's done for Bournemouth, they are a good Premier League team. And if you'd said that to someone, I know when he first first got the job however long ago it is now that they would be as an established Premier League team you would just have laughed but they are and they've got some very good players there you know they've got Wilson that Brooks guy looks a decent player Fraser I think his name is um, the guy they got from Chelsea the centre-back um uh, yeah, that's mm, it. Mm. He looks good as well. Uh, and they've got uh, Begovic in goal. They've got some Stanislav good... Stanislav got Junior there as well. Yeah, mm. exactly. I, I used to like him at West Ham. They've got, they got some good good players there. Bournemouth. So I think, yeah, if we could go there, if we got a draw, I'd, I'd be happy with that, I think. Mm. I think Team Spirit is their biggest weapon, to be honest with you. Yeah. I mean, they, they have got players that can hurt us without a shadow of a doubt. But I think they, they run very highly on, on team spirit and effort levels and that, that is I think that is our biggest Achilles heel it has been this season because we've, we've certainly got more quality than Bournemouth I don't care what anyone says in the first team and the squad but it's when we don't turn up that's the problem when we don't want it enough as the opposition Burnley prime example forget the excuses associated with that game we didn't want it as much as Burnley so we lost to a much lesser side and that could be the case on Saturday it's a tough game Bournemouth it's a tough game um Let's quickly go back to Declan Rice because I know we touched on it and we should really make more of a bigger thing because this is going to be you know, one of the one of the really nice memories to keep with you for, for the rest of your life, really. I mean, I, mm. I'd still speak to, to people that were there when they saw Tony Cotty score his, 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 his debut goal. And, and it was a bit of a comparison, actually, when Declan scored, the way he celebrated that genuine elation. Mm. And it was just one of those really, really nice moments. And it would have been nice if he would have scored and we lost the game 2-1, let's say. Yeah. But yeah. to score the goal when it's yeah. the winning goal, and I tell you what, a 
great goal as well. You can't underestimate technically. Mm. That wasn't easy to finish that. And credit to him. What a goal and what well, a moment. I mean, for me, that... I mean, I, this is going to sound like overpraise here, but I, I'm never going to score for West Ham. I still hold hope that uh, going into my 40th year, I might get a chance. Um, or 40th year in a couple of years, I might add. I'm not quite there yet. Um, but I'm not going to get it unless my son plays for West Ham. That, but, I, you know, I've known Declan since probably since he was like 15, 16. I've known of him when he first came to West Ham, you know, uh, through coaches that I know and various people I'd got to know him. They told me about him, uh, spoke to him on, on, like, on and off here and there. And then we had him on the radio show, you know, when he just broke into the team. Mm. You know, I spoke to him a couple of times then to set it up and then we spoke to him on air. And, you know, so I've kind of followed his career since an early age. And, just knowing what I know about him, I'm not claiming to be his best mate or know him that well, but I know enough people that know him. Um, he is genuinely such a nice guy. He genuinely loves playing for West Ham. He genuinely, like, he loves football. And what I thought was so special about that moment, as you said, it was the winner, great goal against Arsenal. But you could see how happy the fans were for him because he's one of our own and he's come through and he's got that goal, but also how happy the players were for him. There's that brilliant photo. I think you put it on your page, Kev, um, with he's like, Declan's like, you know, clenching his fist and all the players are looking over and smiling at him and genuinely so happy for him. And I think that in one photo shows the team spirit we've got shows how highly um, he is thought of and I mean what a play you know I went on a a Manchester radio show in the week and they asked me how good he is and I I didn't want to say too much, although I did, because it was a it was because Man City linked with him. I honestly believe at 19 or 20 now that he is better at that age than Rio Carrot. Any of them, Rio Carrot Defoe. I love Michael Carrot. I love Jermaine Defoe. I love um, uh, Rio Ferdinand. But I honestly believe at 20 he's better. Whether he'll go on to be as good as them at 25 is a tough ask because Rio was one of the best defenders in the world. Lampard was one of the best midfielders in the world. If he'll go on to be that good at 25, I don't know. But at 20, I believe he is. It reminded me of, uh, do you remember when Joe Cole scored against Birmingham mm. in the cup mm. away? It reminded me of that. Mm-hmm. I think that was his first goal for us. That it was his cold. first away goal, yeah. 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 I think his first home it goal. Remind, it reminded me of Bradford that. Or yeah. Yeah. It's such an iconic moment. You know, even you think of like even Freddie Sears, right? He didn't really have much of a career at West Ham after, but that goal he scored his debut against Blackburn, you know, I think sharing Dean Ashton. Like Dean Ashton, mm. that was it, yeah. Dean Ashton played him through, had a shot, Friedel saved it, he diving headed it. That's still an iconic moment because he was a West Ham lad coming through and his career kind of didn't really take off. This moment is huge. Huge for Declan, huge for West Ham and it was just special and I think I'm so pleased for the lad so pleased for him and you know he's absolutely buzzing you only have to see on his Twitter his Instagram and so on his Facebook how he's just liking everything and just buzzing for it and you know after the game his interview his interview with Noble I thought was just spot on I thought it was a perfect interview just summed up what it means to score for West Ham from a fan's point of view. He was speaking as one of us. If you, me or you, had scored the winner, that is exactly how we'd feel. And that's what was so special about it. There's mm. not much more I can add to that. <laughs> Sorry. No. My yeah. Oscar, yeah. It's my Oscar speech, but I'm just so happy for, that, for him that that's happened. Yeah. Well, do you know what? I've got a speech of my own coming up because uh, I think now's the time to speak about Marco, right? Now, as you know, on, on Twitter, there are character restrictions. So I, I really have been keeping quite in-depth opinions on this subject that I, that I want to have a little bit of time to air on this, right? And it's not often that I create 
one or two bullet points to remind me of what I'm going to say because I desperately don't want to miss it. Uh, so I want your thoughts on this, but I also want to have my say because I've, I've waited a week and it's killed me, right? Um, with Marko Anatovic, I do want to start by saying that any man or any woman in any walk of life that has the opportunity to treble their wage, right, you can't hold it against them in any walk of life. So I'm a realist, I understand that, I accept it, right? But I have three main issues with Marco's situation here. And the reason I wanted to say this specifically is I've seen quite a lot of support for Marco from, you know, sections of West Ham fans. And it's been quite frustrating to read at times. So I just wanted to put this across, yeah? Firstly, Marco shouldn't be telling West Ham fans or putting it out publicly that he's leaving to win trophies or titles, right? He's going to fucking China to win these these titles and trophies right it means nothing to anyone he might as well go to the power league and fucking win trophies there it means nothing to no one and probably in, in a Chinese person. well maybe a Chinese person <laughs> okay with the exception of people living in China maybe and supporters of the club that I can't pronounce and have no idea who they are but in probably two or three years time everyone will forget who he is anyway right but don't lie to West Ham fans it's clear that he's going for a pound note so just be honest tell us you're leaving for money right that was the first thing I don't like being lied to second thing is he's twat of a brother has been a pain in the ass for this football club for probably the best part of a year now. Every single transfer window is coming out saying, oh, you know, Marco's this, Marco's that. He should be at a top four club. He's, he's been banging him in. West Ham should be paying him more money. There's uh, interest from, from European clubs. And, and understandably, the West Ham fans are pissed off with him for, for saying those things. But let's not forget, Marco hasn't... Um, asked him to stop saying those things. In fact, I'd put quite a lot of money on him sanctioning him saying those things. So he has to take a big element of blame for that as well because publicly, I think that takes the piss out of West Ham and I'm fed up with it, yeah? The third point angers me because when he walked off against Arsenal, he waved goodbye to the fans, yeah? Who the fuck does he think he is? Seriously, who the, who the fuck does he think he is? The club hasn't even accepted in a bid for him, but Marco Anatovic feels that he can walk off, puff his chest out and wave to the fans, ultimately saying, I'm Marco Anatovic, I'm bigger than your football club and I'm going to tell your football club when I'm going, the football club isn't going to tell me, yeah? And don't even get me started on the phone signal, right? Now, I'm desperately trying to avoid believing that that was some kind of gesture in relation to his agent forcing him a move, right? Now, I don't know what your thoughts are on that, or whether you believe that as well. But I've heard that from quite a few people. That's the opinion. And to be fair, I don't know what an alternative explanation would be for what he meant by that, right? But it, it gets applauded off by West Ham fans, right? So I, I don't understand it. That's like me walking into the family home and telling my wife I'm leaving her for another woman and then walking out the door <laughs> waving a picture of my mistress. <laughs> you know? It's taking the piss out of West Ham. Oh, it is. And, and, you know, it was such a weak clap as well. Yeah, it? Yeah. When, he, when he you know, mm. waved goodbye, it was just so weak. Honestly, honestly. And, and, and the last thing is the timing of his departure because you can't tell me, right, that he couldn't negotiate successfully with the Chinese club and, and, and give West Ham the chance to agree a fee that they're comfortable with and leave at the end of the season. Because if he did that, West Ham fans would pat him on the back, wishing the best of luck, and that would be that. But he's doing it at a time that's going to leave us vulnerable. We're a couple of weeks away from the closure of, of the transfer window. Yeah, Why doesn't he just stay for the rest of the season? Because there's no way that Chinese club are going to pull out. They'll wait till the end of the season. So he might claim that he's got love and respect for West Ham, 
But he's only got love and respect for Marco and Altovic. Make no mistake about that. So I don't want to see him kiss the fucking badge or, or cross his arms because he, he ain't one of us. He's proved that he ain't one of us. And this needled me a lot when Pyatt left. And I've seen comparisons made. And people are saying, well, Arnie's still turned up for training. He's still getting 110% in games. Well, yeah, but that's because, to my knowledge, the club haven't said to him, you're not going. When they said that to Pyatt, that's when he decided to strike. But with Arnie... He, he's in a position where he probably believes that he will get his move and until he does he'll turn up and play we, we probably should have done this conversation after my section to be honest with you um, because uh, there might be some things I say in there that are slightly different to how you, you've what you've said there but um, I, I do totally understand what you're saying well one thing that you won't say different is the way that he has handled this entire situation no because that's that's there for everyone to see so whether there's a, a, a slight difference in, in negotiation to get him out of the club the bottom line is he wants to go uh, his reasons are his reasons but the way he's handled it has been disrespectful to the football club Look, the bottom line is he doesn't want to be here whatever his reason is whether he wants more money whether he wants to win titles he doesn't want to be here and I said this last week or it might have been a few days ago actually I said no player is bigger than the football club I've seen it for years and years and years no matter how good a player is when they get to that level and they think they are the bollocks that's when they start having their heads turned and going off task and I'm not being funny, Marco Anatovic was a bastard at Stoke. We signed him. Look what he'd done to Stoke to get his move to us. And I said it at the time, there'd be a time, if he, if, he, if he hits the form of his life, which he did last season, he peaked last season, he'd do it to us. I might be wrong, but at the end of the day, he doesn't want to be there. Whether he wants more money or win titles, he doesn't want to be well, at West Ham. It's not necessarily that he doesn't want to be there. He just wants more money. So if it's at West Ham... So he Ham, doesn't want to be there? Well he, well, he would be at West Ham if we could give him more money. It's not necessarily where he wants to be. It's how he wants to earn money wherever that may be. That's what Dave is saying. You know, He doesn't want to go to China to win league titles. Yeah. He's right. No one goes to China to win league titles. I agree. I said it in tweets mm. myself. Be honest. No, no one. No one in the world believes you mate that you want to go to China to win league titles so why even bother to attempt to say it I totally agree that excuse is absolutely ludicrous it's obviously about money I will talk about this in more detail in my section I do agree it's frustrating that once again our season starts to be looking to be going on the right tracks like it did when Pae did it and the situation is replicating itself now um, <clears throat> yeah but and I do agree, the waving wasn't great. He obviously knew all attention was on him. He'd have been better off just walking off and not making and reacting either way. He would have been better off staying, watching the game, shaking everyone's hand at the end of the match. He walked off down the tunnel. He knew all eyes were on him. Sometimes, though, and I'm not, I'm not accepting his what he did at all. But that is what, like you described, bastards do. Look at Ibrahimovic. It's the sort of thing he would do. It's the sort of thing. Yeah, but like he can get away with it though, because he's got the he's, he's got the arrogance to do it. But what I'm saying is, he knew all, all eyes were on him. I'm not saying it's right what he did, but that's why he did it because he knew everyone was looking at him. So it's like a yeah, sense that, of attention. Yeah, thing. but this is the thing. You, you, so you're, you're explaining what he's doing, but you're not agreeing with it. Oh yeah, no, saying. I don't think yeah. he should have done it yeah. at all. But that's why exactly. he did it doesn't it. make it right. Right. No, it's he's, not he's right back, at all. That was his way of saying, I'm the boss yeah, exactly. and I call the shots. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Fuck you. Do you yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I mean, and the, and the thing is, he needs to appreciate that his career, you know, where it was at Inter Milan, didn't really do anything there. He played for, what, Wolfsburg, was it? Or Werder Bremer? Werder Bremer. Werder Bremer, mm. yeah. It was okay there. Went to Stoke. Was okay at Stoke. Had one good year at West Ham. So he's now... 
you know, making a big fuss after basically one year at West Ham. The only the only thing you can say, like, and I'm not defending him at all, I'm just literally trying to bring a bit of balance, I guess. Look, if, let's say, a rival radio show was to offer us um, four times our salary, which would be nothing, because four times zero is nothing. So, uh, <laughs> so Paul's got get, a sweat exactly, on there. Yeah, because yeah, we don't get paid here anyway. <laughs> but, uh, but let's just say we did get a wage here and they were to offer us four times it, you know, you would start to think possibly about the options yeah, yeah, but I'm, it's your I'm not, family yeah but I'm not denying kids. that I said that at the very beginning the Every, everyone can understand but it's the excuses which yeah. st- still doesn't infuriate me but it needles me but then it's the way he's publicly disrespecting the football club yeah. and he's and he's done it two or three if, well oh, yeah, collectively with his brother he's done it five, six, seven, eight times it's a piss take yeah it is it's an absolute joke I mean the way his brother has behaved and it is I know you're, you're right he should stop his brother but it is more so his brother his brother is an absolute pest as I keep saying politely he is and he's caused absolute untold issues at West Ham not just this incident there's been at least two or three incidences that I'm not going to say on air but there have been in the past where he has caused real issues so there's clearly something not right Actually, can I say that? There's clearly something not right with the situation. Um, so, <laughs> like, he... he um it isn't great at all. And it always seems to be that West Ham get these issues. Um, but as Kev said, we kind of knew we were getting this when we bought him. He almost... What's the word? Struck to um, get to us. Um, so, yeah, but I'm not condoning it. I agree with you. It's wrong. And, I, and it isn't. It is frustrating. It could potentially derail our season. Well, um, look, this is what I think, right? Whatever his reason is, whether he wants more money, whether he wants to win trophies, whatever, just get him out of the club. Because we had this situation with Pyatt. If we've got a bad apple there, it could disturb the dressing room. Mm. Whatever his reason is, just get him out. Just go. <sighs> Yeah, I mean that. Honestly, I know he's great. I love him. I think he's a fantastic footballer, and he is probably our best player. But just get him out, honestly, before it gets worse. Mm. I mean, p- p- people were worried when we lost Pyatt. But, you know, we got bigger and stronger and better mm. when he went. And we'll do the same after Marko Anotovic has gone. You know, not being funny as well. I'd, I'd buy into this a little bit more if he was on 30 grand a week and he's been off of 300 grand a week. But he's, he's on a decent wage at West Ham. He's got to be on, what, one and a half a week of appearance? He's on about, yeah, he's about the third highest earner at West Ham. He's on about something like 105, 110 a week. And then he's got bonuses going. So, I mean, so he's not he's not on a pittance. Yeah, what was well well yeah, no. All right, yeah, we've got to be careful now. Well, that's what I'm saying. Let's, it's almost better having this chat after my section. But mm. um yeah, I totally agree with what you what you're saying. Definitely. Okay. Well, well as always, people listening to this show, give us your thoughts and opinions on anything that's been discussed, but no doubt Arnie will be uh very close to the top of the list of things that you want to comment on. Um right, okay. Uh I think that's it, other than predictions for the first section. So let's talk about Bournemouth. We've, we spoke about the build-up. What are we saying the score's going to be? I'll be happy with a draw. Yeah, I'll take a draw. Uh, I'm going to say 1-1. One, one. Yeah, I think I'd go with the same, one, one. to be honest. Yeah. I think I'd go 1-1. I've got a feeling Wilson will score, just because it's he's injured, isn't he? Is he? I think, is he? I'm sure he is, eh? If he's injured, then he won't. But <laughs> I don't know. But if he if he's fit, he, I don't know. Maybe don't hold me to that. Man. I'm sure he like, is. Like, okay, yeah. well, if he does play, then he'll score, because it's typical. Mm. Someone that we've been linked with would. Um, but if he, let's hope he doesn't. Um, and then, yeah, 1-0, I would say. Right, okay, yeah. I'm actually going to go for one all as well. Right, okay. Um, we're going to go for a short break, and then after this break, we're going to be joined by the uh, Tartan Tornado, Mr. Robert Snodgrass. So don't go anywhere. 
VIP. Let's kick it. Light up a stage and wax a chump like a candle Dance, caress a speaker that booms I'm killing your brain like a poisonous mushroom Deadly, when I play a dope melody Anything less than the best is a felony Love it or leave it, you better gain weight You better hit bullseye, the kid don't play If there was a problem, yo, I'll solve it Check out the hook while my DJ revolves it Yo, so I continue to A1A Girls were hot, wearing less than bikinis Rock men love us, driving Lamborghinis Jealous, cause I'm out getting mine Shade with the gauge and vanilla with the nine Ready for the chumps on the wall The chumps acting ill because they're full of eight ball Gunshots, ranged out like a bell I grabbed my nine, all I heard was shells Falling on the concrete real fast Jumped in my car, slammed on the gas Bumper to bumper, the avenue's packed I'm trying to get away before the jack is jacked on the scene, you know what I mean? They pass me up, can run it all, I don't mean if there was a problem, yo, I'll solve it. Check out the hook while my DJ revolves it. Dishay revolves it. everyone and a big welcome to a man making his West Ham way debut tonight, Mr. Robert Snodgrass. How are you, Rob? Yeah, great, thanks. How are you? Uh, very well, thanks, mate. Very well. And uh, thank you for giving up your time to talk to us, mate. It's a pleasure to have you on. Yeah, great, yeah, to, have you, great to have you on, Rob. Um, to, obviously, it's been a great season for us this year, a good season for yourself as well. Is there any kind of particular highlights for you so far? Um, I'll be honest, I think... Um 
you know, a lot of people would speak about how <laughs> saying about a selfish point of view and saying, um, you know, when when I done this or I done that, but that's not the case for me. I think for everybody, I think it probably the one against Everton um, yeah. meant mm. so much to a lot is that you know there have been five five games in the bounce losing um, in the league, but it was a you know it was a great one um, and one that basically we obviously enjoyed and and I think that was a sort of turning point and we kind of got the confidence for, for, for that game and I think the results have got a lot better. Mm, mm, yeah, it definitely was a turning point, without a doubt. It was a great performance that day. It was great such result. a convincing win, wasn't it? And I think it, we just mm. needed that to build that platform. Yeah, 100%. Um, Rob, I've been dying to ask you this question, and I'm sure a lot of West Ham fans will be interested to hear the answer. Um, there were some interesting comments made your way um, by the owners of this football club. Um, not too long ago, and I, I speak for every West Ham fan when I say it was commendable how you handled that, and even more impressively, how you came back from that to then contradict those comments and perform so well. How did you handle that personally? And, and you know, how did that affect your game, if at all? Uh, to be honest, I think when the comments obviously came, I, w- I, was, doing, um, I was doing well at Aston Villa. Um, I, was, I was scoring goals, and you know, it, was just, it, was, it was one of those situations, I think, you know, at the time... I hadn't even I didn't even play the game that season, um, and I think at the time I think the lads and, and the squad were you know, struggling for points and probably you know, the bottom half of the team might be the bottom three even. Um, mm. and I just found it strange that you know obviously my name get mentioned because I wasn't even there, so it was it was difficult. Listen, <laughs> it, 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 it's difficult because I still had maybe two and a half years contract left there, and, and it's um, and, and one you always I've always had a good relationship with. With chairmans and, and chief execs, um, you know, at previous clubs, and they always want you to do well. So you see, you see that it was it was hard. Um, I'm not going to say lie, but um, I think as, as a person, everybody will say it knows me. Um, I feel you, know, you keep um, a level of dignity and, and, and class about yourself, and say that you know you, you just you just don't want to kind of go to. You know, a, a sort of a war of words, which you know, I don't think anybody would would, would really want that with a chairman. It's just, it's just pointless, you know. I think mm. um, at that time um, he's probably been asked a question, um, and he's you know he's given the answer that he thought you know was was the truth. So listen, I, I totally understand. Um, you know, the first season, I, obviously, I didn't do well, but to be honest, I, I don't think it was a great season for for, for West Ham. As, as a squad um, mm. when you look at it now and probably the season before because that's the level that we, we should be playing it in mixing with the, with the big boys you know so I think people, a, lot, a lot of people forget I know assist wise and goals and probably performances are not great but when I played we, we won it we actually won a few games <laughs> uh, when I was in the squad that season so it was listen it was it was difficult on a personal point of view and I'm not going to lie that was the, the hardest um, probably four months um, that I had joining for January to May because I never had my family, my, my three kids, and my missus. That wasn't there. I was, I was, I was staying in mm. like um, rented accommodation, and and I never had them there. And it was it was quite hard to kind of settle. I was still finding my feet. I was trying to find a house. I was trying to find schools. Um, so people tell you any footballer they play their best football in the south. Um, and and as I say, then my my family and stuff moved down, and then. Two days later, I had to leave. So um, my missus and my three kids were, you know, left in, in limbo, really saying, well, you're not going to be here. So I was travelling 
Um, for London, I stayed in London. I was travelling all the way to Birmingham. Um, I was doing maybe 750, maybe 1,000 miles a week. Um, sometimes to, to, to try and head up to Aston Villa. Um, so... It was it, listen. It was a, it was probably one of the hardest times I've had in football, but it was the most enjoyable um, because I felt obviously my, my confidence took um, a massive hit. Um, playing um, those those four months, you know, having my family and stuff there, and obviously results and, and, and a personal point of view. Listen, I put my hands up and, and says I wasn't good enough, um, and that was that was the simple honest truth. I'm not going to look for any excuses or anything like that. I just thought I could have been helped in the first season I was there um, by by playing and, and, and the way the manager is now speaking to me and trying to get the you know the best out of me um, he obviously never signed me but he's trying to get the best out of me and, and I believe he's doing that by, by talking to me communicating but not just me I've, I've spoken about it only he speaks to everybody and I think that's why you're seeing the the sort of the best um, West Ham you can see this season. Mm, that's really interesting, Rob, and uh, and I think we, we really appreciate your transparency on that because uh, I think it's um, I don't know it's um, you don't often expect you know uh, answers as honest as the one you've no, just given. I certainly wasn't expecting that, and it gives a real insight into the life of a professional footballer and and how sometimes your life can be turned upside down like yours was. And and again, just to repeat myself, I think it's just really commendable how you handled that. But even more impressive how you came back and, and proved some people wrong, Rob. And uh, you know, good luck to you, mate. That's um, that's no, quite quite inspirational, really. No, no, the thing is. Um but I think the easy option for everybody, I think anybody, you know, in football terms, you go, listen, I'll just, I'll go my way, you go yours. But, I, you know, I owed it to, uh, first and foremost, to, you know, the, the obviously the club that signed me. Um, mm. that, you know, and, and it was, and it, it was, it was, it was annoying, it was hard because I came to the club to try and be successful. Um, I remember just sitting in the Olympic Stadium thinking, you know, if, if, if this goes well, I'll, you know, this will probably be one of the, you know, the best, moves I've had in my career but um, it turned out to be at that moment in time probably why the worst because mm. it, it didn't go to plan um, but now you know as I say I'm, I'm just glad that <clears throat> I got to show so obviously the fans and get a fair crack at it and show the fans um, you know obviously a side of me that I've showed um, obviously all the previous clubs I've, I've been at and I've had a great relationship with fans because one thing that they'll know and uh, I hope for yourselves and all this, uh, you know, I, I give everything um, sometimes mm. as you say it's, it, you know, it might not be good enough or whatever and uh, yeah, now that's sometimes happens in football but I, I'll always try and give my best for you know the club and the fans because I appreciate that they pay a lot of money to come and watch you know, it's, it's just that's just the person I am. Some people, some people like it. Some people don't. I suppose. Mm, good on you, mate. Well, the fans definitely like. It. I mean, the, the the opinions of you this season have you know changed dramatically. And I think you're a real fans' favourite now. And credit to you to, for for that. Um, and it, and like you say, it's that effort on the pitch that's really endeared you to, to us all. Um, you touched upon it a little bit earlier where you talked about Pellegrini, and you, you sort of said that he was a key factor in the turnaround. Just how good is he? What makes him such a good manager? Because there's other players that I could probably name that have improved their form again under him this season and you know what what is it about that man it's um I think <clears throat> obviously he sees uh, when the way he's obviously the way he does um, his meetings is probably the way you see him in the press where he speaks about the mentality be a big team and you know changing a, a lot of different things where you know you, you, you can see um you know, the way we're playing, we're trying to pass it, we're trying to break lines, we're trying to get him behind defences. Um, he wants to 
obviously play a high line, stop conceding goals, and and he's he's on the players every single day to be better um, and get the best of yourself. And you know, if an individual performance is better, then you know, collectively as a team, it's going to be better. So he 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 just. He stressed for the very first. It takes big characters and big players to perform at Olympic Stadium because you've got sixty thousand fans cheering you and wanting you to do well. So, you know the fans are behind us, um, and we must, you know, give them something to cheer about and and be passionate about. And you know, a lot of people speak about the old uh, ground that you know. I think it's hard to kind of repeat the the connection you had there. But you know, I think if the results are good, we'll give ourselves a good chance to try and get that connection back. Mm-hmm. Um, as many times this season, I think the atmosphere has been incredible, mm, um, and, I, and I think you will agree as well. I think it's yeah, been brilliant, um, and and there's been even spells when me and Andy came on Saturday against um, against Arsenal. That you know, every time we were trying to chase down, and, and you know, they're so passionate, um, and and it's a it's a West Ham's a proper club. It's got great fans, and it's and it's ones that you know they they want people getting them on the edge of their chair, uh, whether that's with skill or work rate or but the longer you give everything for that badge. Yeah, and I'll tell you what's lovely to see from a fan's perspective as well, and I think it makes us feel more comfortable seeing it, is for the first time in quite a while since this season started, we've, um, we're seeing the players enjoying themselves, actually enjoying playing football, and it's so nice to see, and obviously at the, at the forefront of that must be a really good team spirit. Is that fair to say? I mean, as a, as a group of lads, how, yeah. how, how well do you get on and how, how important is it that you do click very well? Yeah, it's, listen, it is good. Um, you've got, obviously, uh, foreign lads, you've got British lads, you've got young lads, um, you've got the new lads that have come in, you've got loads, but the, the manager's a, you know, he's a he's a top man. Uh, that's, you know, he's a great, obviously, guy. He speaks to you and, and he has a laugh at the boys and, he, and his staff and stuff. There's a good connection there between the players and stuff as well. And I think, you know, what he's trying to get is the mentality, right? Um, he's he's obviously bringing in players that you know the quality Anderson, obviously Nasri, um, these type of players um, that have you know played high level um, football and lads that have you know he's, he's won the league with Nasri and and I think you know when you, when you he keeps on as I say he keeps on stressing about mentality be a big team I think that's probably the key um, for us getting the results um, and he's you know he just wants you to keep on building each week. And believe in you can go and beat teams like Man United this season and Arsenal's. Yeah, I mean, what a result on Saturday. I mean, I, I'm still buzzing from that. And I'd imagine there's a, another person that's still buzzing, and that's a certain Declan Rice. Um, yeah. how, how, how was he in the, um, the changing room straight after the result? I mean, it was so clear to everyone what that meant to him. And not only what it meant to him, but what it meant to the fans and what it meant to the players. You know, there's a, I don't know if you've seen it, but there's a, a brilliant photo of him sort of celebrating and everyone looking on, all the players and smiling and stuff. You can tell that everyone was just yeah. delighted for him. I mean, He's a, yeah. you know, we've had him on the show. He's a great lad. Just talk to us a bit about how it meant to him and how he was afterwards, and what what you think of Declan. Declan's up. Listen, Declan's one of the best kids I think I've, I've met. Um, on and off the park, I think he's got the right values, the right mentality to be, you know, up there to be one of the best. Um, and and it was a point um, this season where he get left out. I think it was a bone move squad, um, and I just said to him, "Listen, this is this is." This is part and parcel. Um, you'll probably think right now it's the end of the world because you've been playing and all that stuff. I say, but you know, this is testing your character. This is testing you mentally. And, and, and you know, Declan's Declan. He came in the in the Monday after that Bournemouth game. I think they lost 
Um, not might have been the Wolves game or what why the Bournemouth game, one of the games anyway, but he came in and he was you know, he was top level. Then me and him uh, in the second half played in the middle of the park against Wimbledon. Um and you know, I say to you, you know, one minute um you're you're not in the squad and then next minute you're back in, you're winning. And and I say because the manager's put you in because you've no salt. You've you've come in and uh, trained really hard and and I say sometimes you're gonna get setbacks in your in, in your career, you need to have the best mentality to deal with it. Um, and, and and that's exactly what he done. And he's, he just kicked on massively. The, the managers spoke about it. He's put him in that sort of centre mid uh, defensive midfield position. And it's like you know, like Dr. Water. He played a lot of centre half last season. Um, but I thought, obviously, I think that centre mid's his position because he's um, he's very athletic and he's got um, you know great ability um, on the ball. But you know, one thing that he's very, very good at shooting, but he doesn't, he doesn't shoot enough. You know, because he's always probably, if he was a wee bit more full of advance, he'd maybe do it. But he's probably he's will now. He's, yeah, he's an unselfish player where he, he wants to you know, help the team and he breaks up and, and keeps it simple. And you know, he's got great discipline about his game. Um, but he's, you know, he's he's a great kid, um, and that's why you see everybody's happy for him and, and want him to do well. You know, so I think you know now you'll probably see um, the manager put a lot more pressure on him and maybe score goals and, and try and contribute that end as well. So you know, I'm I'm delighted for him. I mean, could you give us like a rough estimate of perhaps how many times you think he's watched that goal back since uh, Saturday? Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> to, to be honest, yeah, I think. Um, He's, uh, he's he said all weekend he's just been sitting sitting watching. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm like, that, him as well. Well, that's well, what I hear. scored in the Premier League. To be fair, it's you know it's probably uh, the thing is I wonder how many people I mean his mates he sent it to. That's that. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's it. I mean I, I've watched it back about fifty to hundred times. So I, can, I can only imagine how many times he's watched it back. To be fair, <laughs> probably on repeat constantly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good stuff. Good stuff. Now, that was a real special moment for West Ham fans and Declan, of course, and, and, and good luck to him. That was, uh, that was really good to watch. Um, tough game on, on Saturday, Rob, because uh, Bournemouth have given us problems in the past, including our fir- well, one of our first games this season, which we lost at home. How's, um, how's preparations going for Saturday? Because surely this must be looked at as another opportunity to get three points and get closer to that top seven spot. Yeah, I think... Um, uh you know, well, one thing we've got, um, and we always have, even around about the training ground, when you're sitting eating breakfast or eating lunch, we're watching vid- the videos are on. Declan's goal. He's got the control in his hand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. got, um, we've got, obviously, whoever we're playing on Saturday or the Tuesday, whatever it is, we've, we've got the sort of the highlights of their games and, and we'll sit and watch them so I can get to see them and then all that week we're working on strategies and, and, and game plans and, and how we can obviously the manager believes how we can go win the game um, so that's that, that that doesn't that doesn't change that it's just doesn't matter who it is he, he believes in a strategy that how he could win it which which I think is you know is great that's 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 why he is a top manager so I think um, Bournemouth. I watched. Obviously, I watched them. I watched the game against Everton, and they were unlucky. They lost two 0 but they had a lot of chances in the game as well. And that's the way they play. Um, sort of you score, we score type of mentality. So that um, you know they're a, a very good side, um, and as I say, it'll be just the same. Um, you just need to be at your very best if you're going to get a result. 
Yeah, d- definitely. And um, what do you think going forward for the rest of the seasons? Our expectations should be what? What would be a you know a good end of season for us? What position and so on? Uh, well, listen, I, I firmly believe that, that that obviously the top seven and, and push of that um, that sort of six position. Um, mm-hmm. we, we obviously let a few points slip um, in the last few weeks. Um, Brian Burnley, Watford. Uh, I firmly believe we can maybe you know challenge for that, but you know I think you need to get your expectation big, and uh, and I think that you know seventh for us, but we are pushing to try and get in. I think you can see we're heading in the right direction, you know. So um, yeah, I, I firmly believe that, and it's and it's one that I think you know everybody else looking this season is, is you know we've been in mostly all the games, um, and even sometimes where there's a lot of first halves so we've maybe not played at our best and then we come out second half it's a totally different team mm-hmm. um, so you know we've always got players that's you know I think are capable of scoring goals so um, you know I, 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 I firmly believe in that sort of you know six to eighth position I think is a, is a good season for us mm-hmm. I agree and we often say on this show as well it's interesting because <coughs> it's such it's such fine margins in this Premier League Rob isn't it because you can win and find yourself seventh you can lose and find yourself eleventh and that's the yeah. way it's been throughout the whole season so it's, it's kind of it's a difficult one isn't it you know every yeah, game's no, an opportunity I am um, what you just said there I think um, it's spot on because I, I firmly believe that's the way it is in the games as well because mm. you know you've got you know Foster um, at the Olympic Stadium he was mad a match against Watford mm. and then Larice against for Spurs when played Spurs he was mad a match mm. so like they took their chances and we didn't. That's the small margins. Um, and then, you know, you find yourself uh, a few extra points to the board. There's a deflected goal against, you know, Leicester, yeah. um, which I thought was a great performance with 10 men for so long. Mm-hmm. So, it's, um, listen, it's, it is small margins and, you know, that's, that's where, you know, we need to change that mindset by changing that mindset to try and go and, you know, get the uh, the three points so I used to be drawing it or whatever, you know. Mm-hmm. Um. Rob, what, what what would you say is special about being a West Ham player? I, I, to be honest with you, I think it's the, the full thing for me was it was always a tradition. I, I loved, um, you know, obviously Glasgow lad and then watching sort of football down south and seeing a tradition and sort of the, the names and stuff and doing there with Stuart and, and, and Mark Avene. For me, I think it's, you know, it's, it's, it's special for me. I think the, the biggest thing is is creating the, um, the the connection between the squad and uh, and the fans because once you get that and, and they know that you know there's an honest bunch there that will give us everything they fans will back you so mm. I think it's it, you know you can sit here and say you know one in the Olympic Stadium or one in or what one in is the, is the best film but I think it's the connection because they know no matter what away from home at home. Um, that squad's going to be giving us everything, so that's what we are trying to do, and that's what we that's what we need to do. Because I believe over the last few years, that's what's probably been lacking mm-hmm. um, with the change and different things. So, if you've got everybody giving a hundred ten percent, I think you're in the best possible chance. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're giving yourself the best possible chance to go uh, and try and you know win the game. Everybody's got quality in the Premier League. You can see that now. You know, you've got obviously centre half scoring goals, you're defensive, but everybody can score goals. And you've all got quality to play. But I just I firmly believe it's just that you know that work ethic and that you know hard work determination, and as the managers touched on having the mentality going say you're going to win every game you try and approach you know and some games go for you sometimes it doesn't you know and, and I, I firmly believe that the um, the fans have, have backed us this season because we have you know give 
a lot of effort the first four games wasn't great everybody knows that there's, there's no surprise but after that affirmatively you've seen a squad um, that's wanted to you know give the, the fans their money's worth and, and you know give everything really. I think you've hit the nail on the head there, mate. I totally agree with you. And I think this is the first time for me, you know, I've had a season ticket for 30 years. Um, and the last maybe three or four years, there has been a bit of a disconnection from the team and the fans, and it just hasn't felt right. And I, but I think you're right. This year, that feels different. This is the first time that we have a team that we feel both proud of on the pitch and off the pitch. And talking of off the pitch, something that's been really, you know, refreshing to see this year, you know, um, is the work that certain players um, have done towards Isla Caton and, and fundraising for her now she's um, someone that we've also raised money for and I'm sure you know most West Ham yeah. fans know know her um, situation and and yep. and want to do what they can to help now it's it's if people don't know you've you've raised a lot of money yourself you and Mark Noble went out to visit her in um, Spain when she was having her treatment so yeah. you know you've done so much for her and I think the fans absolutely love you for doing that and it's brilliant and you've set up a, a website where um, you, you can auction you've auctioned items I'll let you talk about it because you'll be explaining no no that, no but. listen that's um, obviously I'm, I'm thankful for obviously for mentioning because it is it's, it's, it's meant you know, a lot to me since the, uh, obviously as soon as I heard the story, um, Big Baz, the, the West Ham fan, he's, um, you know, he's a great lad and yeah. he's always there supporting and, and the work that he does uh, is, is, is unbelievable. So, I, um, <clears throat> we, uh, me and Mark obviously were there in, in the hospital um, and, and we got to speak to the family. Um, and it just, it, it was really, it was actually very emotional that day. Just, mm-hmm. just sitting, listening to the sort of the story and what they've had to go through and all that stuff, and yeah. um, what they've had to kind of do and move the family and all that about, and and, and you know the move to Barcelona and all that stuff. It's, it's, and I just thought for that day, no kid deserves to to go through that. Mm-hmm. No family deserves to go through that. So, and yeah. I think if I can give sort of one percent. Uh, um, extra towards them to try and make it a little bit easier for them which you know I, I doubt that will ever happen because they're probably just numb uh, and they're just wanting their daughter to be okay mm-hmm. um, so she's obviously she started off with 12 spots she got it down to 2 and then it's, it's been back to 5 and they're starting a new treatment um, which is you know going to freeze um, the, the, the cancer um, and, and and try try that as well, um, which uh, Nicholas spoke about. She says it's obviously going to start end of the month, so she's you know um, went through a, um, a tough time in the not in a day that I went through a, a hard treatment. You know, speaking to Baz and Nicholas, it's, you know, it's, uh, it's, this has been this auction page has been something that I've been I've been trying to do uh, for six weeks, seven weeks. Um, Working, um, you know, with the uh, the club, they try and get the best solution. Um, and it was and it was Galabad UK. They they were the um, the the website and the the auction site that done um, stuff for Liam Muller, who passed away sadly passed away. Yeah. So um, I think um, that was the best solution. Um, and you know, I've worked for um, uh, uh, Stewie and our lad. It's it's on Instagram. He does a lot of the the mobile is quite close to West Ham, um, and, and and I've worked with him trying to get you know the best bits and you know, um, you know good prizes, good auction prizes, mm. uh, for the auction, but a lot of West Ham stuff and and you know legendary stuff like Macavene, Decanio, 
Um, you know, different things like that, and and, and we've got a lot of uh, other stuff that's not even put on this, the the site yet. We're going to um, just add in because uh, it's running for I think it's just uh, on three weeks. Um, we'll, we'll have it um, up and running first. So, um, and as I say, the, the the money will go to the family because the, the treatments the treatments ongoing. Um, they're still trying to get you know the best result for Ireland. That's trying to get mostly Ireland remission and, and get the cancer. Uh, clear and, and and hopefully that you know that could be the case. So the the reason why I done it was just so the family you're not alone. Um, we're here and, and we're thinking about you and, and we want to try and let you know that um, just because the the might doesn't stop, um, we're here the full way with you through the battle. And um, as I said, nobody should obviously come through that really. Mm, yeah. yeah, God bless you for that, mate. That's yeah. um, that's fantastic work on your part, and uh, and everyone that donates to Isla, uh, it's it's really is a good cause. And yeah, it's, it's not as I uh, really appreciate it. It's, it's been it's been a great response mm. um, so far, you know, and I um, understand it's just after Christmas and and you know things with you know the the, the money situation. I totally understand that. I wanted to try and get all the every prize on there, at, um, twenty quid raffle, but you can't do that through sort of. Laws and um, the, the, I think it's on the lottery, it's got something like that, you know. So I want to do that. So it was, it was feasible for for for, for a lot more people mm-hmm. um, for a chance they won, you know, what they what, what they want. But um, working with Galabid and and, and they said, oh, if we can't we can't do it. Nobody can can do that. Um, so obviously we had to try and get the right price and um, and try and get it out there. And that's why we done the prize draw for. Um, they signed England jersey, which is done for the, the last squad for the for the uh, England uh, USA game. Like Wayne Rooney was in there as well, signed as well. So obviously we, we put stuff in there, but stuff that maybe five hundred quid, stuff that twenty quid. You know, so it's mm, uh, so it's for everyone to kind of get involved. And there's also a donation page there that you can donate five five quid. You know that because um, I, I know how much. Um, you know, cancer's affected people's lives, and if you want to go in there, just as I say, it's, if, if we can give this, um, obviously, family a, a chance and, and help that way, then you know it's great. So, um, at Galabid, I've, I've put a lot of stuff on there, the holidays stuff. That was that wasn't me. They've put their own stuff on there. I mean, um, and, and if that that goes above what sort of they've they've paid for, they say they'll donate it to Isla as well, which is which is great, you know. Um, but I just, uh, for me, I wanted to keep it a lot of sport based. But it was one of the things that they had through the through the site that they had to, tried to get in there as well, you know. So um, if it's for some people, you know, so lads, if you want any little bit on shoes, get yourself. Well, that's what I was going to say. I'm, I'm looking through some of the pri- the uh, items here, and you know, some of them appeal to me: the Cadillacs, oh, no, boots, no. El Clasico. <laughs> well, yeah, then there's some new bootings in there. But I was thinking, <laughs> does your wife know that she's donated yeah, those? No. <laughs> no, no chance. No, no. no but there's some brilliant. Sorry, mate. um, To to, to just get the page out there um, and and different things, you know, everybody. You've seen John Terry today as well, uh, Andy Robertson, um, clubs, League United players, and uh, and the lads and stuff. You know, it's it's a joint thing, but the biggest thing is creating awareness for what the families can through, Mm, but creating awareness for, for cancer. You can never stop creating awareness for that because there's kids. Um, adults, everybody's suffering. Uh, yeah, so the, the, the more awareness we, we can do, and if I get a chance to do that sort of um, social media, the public eye or whatever, then you know, great. But the biggest thing here is you know that that, that yeah, young kid needs um, as as much as possible, really. 
Mm, well Definitely. said, mate. What we'll do is for um, the listeners, I'll make sure that I pin it to my profile, XWH employee, so that your tweet or the link to the website is on there, and that will hopefully yeah. get a few more people to notice it as well. Yeah, we'll, yeah, well the link, the link is on the the, the, the bio. Um, okay. Which I've, I've been told we say that. I've not got a clue what I'm talking about. But, uh, it, <laughs> it, it sounds <laughs> right, mate. <laughs> <laughs> it's, on, it's on the bio. Okay. Um, I'm getting up to date with things here. So, yeah, that's um, that's what it is. Um, and that's the only way you can kind of do it through Instagram, which which, which obviously Galabad have said as well. So, um, no, I really appreciate that. Thanks very much. Yeah, Thank no you. Problem. Thank you so much for what you've mm. done for her and for, for on the pitch and for Isla off the pitch. Mm, absolutely. Uh, Thank you. Cheers. Um, Rob, we get a lot of people listening to this podcast. Um, just wanted to know if there's anything you wanted to say to the listeners and the fans. Oh, no, listen, thanks. Thanks very much for talking to your support this season. Um, you know, the lads have, have really appreciated it. Um, it's, it's been great, obviously, getting a, a, you know, a chance, uh, again, to try and, you know, for a personal point of view, it shows you what I can do. As I say, sometimes it's, it's probably... You know, it's not good enough, but I hope you know I'm trying my best to, to try and be the best I can I can possibly be, really. Yeah, good man, fantastic, Rob. Well, we really enjoyed speaking to you, mate, and, and thanks for coming on. Um, what I'd say is keep being you, keep doing what you're doing, and yes. uh, we wish you the best of luck for the rest of the season, pal. Top man, cheers, fellas. Thank you. Cheers, mate. Cheers. Thanks, thanks, Rob. Very much. Cheers. When I wake up. I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be the man who wakes up next to you. When I go out, yeah, I know I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be the man who goes along with you. If I get drunk, well, I know I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be the man who gets drunk next to you. And if I heave yeah, I know I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be the man who's heavering to you. But I would walk 500 
it to you. Wait for you to get it on your own. X go deliver to you. X go give it to you. He go give it to you. X go give it to you. Welcome back to the show, and as always, it's that time again when X gives us his exclusive news and views, and uh, it's always exciting, this section, when it comes up, but obviously this time of year, it's arguably more exciting than it normally is. So what have you got for us, mate? Well, let's start with injuries. Let's ease ourselves into this section, because <laughs> um, I know transfers are the main thing that people want to talk about, and that's where the pressure is, so I'm going to ease myself into the section. Right, basically, Hernandez, he trained all of last week, um, nearly was available for Arsenal, but they decided just not to risk skin particularly on the fact that we had Carol and Arnie and all the other options um, so we decided not to risk him for that game but he's back in training Fredericks is back in full training as well both are available for selection for Bournemouth um, Silva um, had a slight knock um, which put um, him out of training for a week but I believe he's on the verge of being back if he's not back already and Reese Oxford's been out for two or three weeks now he didn't make the under 23 game the other night and people were speculating that he was on the move but uh, he is actually injured although I do think he's on the move as well but technically the reason he didn't play in that game was because he was injured it's good to see Nathan Holland back playing for the under 23s as well apparently he had a good game so uh, yeah that is basically the injury situation going into the Bournemouth game right now everyone's rubbing their hands now mate yeah what you got for us well a lot and uh, this is the thing and I, I need to think carefully about what I say and how much I say etc etc but let's start with an out of it okay because that's the thing we talked about earlier and obviously that's the the main thing to have come out now now the the situation is with this and you guys can vouch for me i've known about this for over a month now i would say yeah mm, yeah. yeah i told you both off air i told you this was happening i told you that he's likely to demand a move because of various reasons now these reasons are um I know Paul was looking at me uh, worried about what I'm going to say over there. These reasons are um, financial. They're financial reasons and that can't be hidden. It's obvious. Like we said earlier, he wants to go to China because he wants money. Now, it is his agent, his brother, that is the main catalyst behind this. But as you keep saying, Dave, he should stop it. So he's obviously, announced we should stop it. He's obviously not discouraging him from doing it. Now, they do have, I wouldn't say a rocky relationship but their relationship is fiery you know the brother and, and Arnie now he he does want more money and obviously his agent his brother contacted the Chinese club it was him that persuaded them to show an interest it wasn't them showing an interest so he, en he engineered he engineered it. the move yeah so he engineered the interest um, he approached them and as I guess any agent that's trying to do this would say look you can get him for I think he said 35 million, which we've turned down, but you can get him for 35 million. He'll be your player, etc., etc. Now, obviously, that's turned Anatovic's head a bit. He does need money. And Anatovic has got, I guess, uh, extravagant spending, is probably the right way to say it. And when you've got that, if it's extremely extravagant, then you sometimes need more money to cover it. Um, and so he has had his head turned by these money options. Now, um, what, what I would say is that 35 million was turned down immediately. We are 
if the problem with announcing with Chinese clubs is if they buy a player, they have to pay a hundred percent tax on that. So if they buy a player for thirty five million, they pay seventy million. They buy a player for fifty million, they pay a hundred million. Mm, that's their right? problem. Yeah, it is their problem, but it does mean that effectively, if we get roughly fifty million, which I think is what it would take for us to sell now to pitch in real terms, the Chinese club is paying a hundred million. Will they come back with that money and pay a hundred million for an Altovich? That is one question. The reason West Ham are doing this is because we have to give Stoke twenty percent of any profit we make. So, like we we sold him for we bought him. Sorry for what twenty, 20 million? 20. Yeah. Mm. So any money above that, we give twenty percent to Stoke. So again, if they've offered thirty five million, and Paul, you're a clever man, so you might be able to help. Free, thank you. There you go. That's three million that we have to give to Stoke immediately. So that takes his value down to thirty-two million. So we, we've got to we've got to think about this I, I, at the moment. And now has trained today. He trained yesterday. Apparently, according to my sources on the ground, he trained as if nothing was going on. None of the players questioned him about it. He just got on. Apparently, he trained very well. They had that giant basketball player in today. I don't know if you saw seven um, foot seven, isn't he? Yeah, the mm. seven foot seven makes Dave. Look like a midget, um, and uh, and he, um, I don't know what it makes me look like. But, um, he, and and he um, he basically, um, you know, was training as normal. Now, Pellegrini wants to keep him. Pellegrini wants to keep an out of it. However, he understands that he may not be able to keep him. Now, the situation is West Ham could could say we want to keep you to the summer and make him stay until then like you said he should do Dave and people believe that Anatovic won't do a pie he would stick around and play and probably sulk but play and score he wouldn't strike what, what if, if we reject the bid or or yeah. agree it but then say you can go in the summer yeah because they're two very different well, scenarios yeah, for him I, I guess if we reject it um or either way, I guess if we reject it categorically, he might hope they come back in the summer. Um, but we've we've got to they've got to offer a certain amount anyway, and they're not near that at the moment. So it's it's now going to be Thursday. You know, Anatovic should be in line to play against Bournemouth. Now, would we play him? There's going to be a, ch- a test if he plays against Bournemouth because that will really show where we stand with him. Because if he plays against Bournemouth. He is potentially jeopardising a big, big, big money move. You know they're prepared to pay him three hundred, four hundred thousand a week. You know we can't match that. What possibly could happen, and I don't know if it will or not at this point. What possibly could happen is that his agents, you know, his agents talked about Man United being interested, talked about Chelsea being interested. Now it's Chinese clubs. What possibly could happen is that we offer him a pay rise, possibly to bring him in line with Anderson and currently Hernandez that isn't out of the realms of um, the trouble is if you, if you do that in six months time you're going to be having the same conversation with him and his, his agent he's all over again yeah. where yeah. do you draw the line now, do you know what I mean I can't say at this moment if he's going to go or not and I don't think the club can you know we spoke to people yesterday Dave and I and I've spoke to a few people today that would know and they didn't know and the players don't know you know he's trained today as if he's one of them so it's going to be interesting to see how this develops yep sorry mate but didn't Antonio say on goals on Sunday that he said his goodbyes to the squad yeah I mean he did well, he didn't I mean. say it in that in that 
way. He said something like he's not sure what's going on, but he knows that Arnie's keen on the move. Everyone knows that now Twitch likes money. I'm not saying yeah. anything revelational here. So when he sees, wow, I could get 300,000 or whatever, he's going to be keen. So yeah, I think, you know, at this point, I guess if I had to have a prediction whether he was going to stay or go, I'd say he's going to go. But it's not. 100% clear at this point we're still waiting for a decision either way the Chinese club have got to offer a lot of more, more money before we consider it so mm. it'll be interesting to see what happens now something else that broke yesterday was Hernandez um, Hernandez going to Valencia apparently he agreed terms people asked me and I tweeted I don't think there's any truth in it I haven't heard anything immediately the people get on Twitter RX is now out the loop he's lost his sources he didn't hear about Hernandez well I'm telling you the reason that shows that I might still be in the loop is that the club hadn't heard about the bid for Hernandez there has been no official offering from Valencia they've made it known that they're keen on him they've said they're interested in the player however Valencia have no money they, they financially can't sign anyone so they want to loan him and we don't want to loan him again Pellegrini wants to keep him the dilemma Pellegrini's got is that he realises he's on 145000 a week so it's a massive wage that he could then get off the books potentially go towards someone else but we haven't again engineered this move and apparently the club are quite annoyed with how the whole thing's happened with Valencia you know it hasn't been an official approach it's all been done kind of by off the record and again Hernandez trained today and these play if you've agreed personal terms with Valencia and the co- and the deal is that close you wouldn't be training today mm. in England his girlfriend lives there though doesn't she where she's from there Valencia is she I don't yeah, know yeah, yeah. Okay. That, that, that was a strong link to begin with his girlfriend lives there that's why I think he was so interested to go there I wouldn't be surprised if he's keen you know if they're going to yeah. match his wages you know he's, he's Spanish speaking it's obviously a Spanish country um, uh, well, he's Spain a Spanish country is Spain getting tired so I think there would be some interest and I think possibly in the summer it's something that could happen it could happen now again but these these bids are not official so until they become official you don't know for certain what's going to happen there's a real massive domino effect at West Ham at the moment you know Obiang Obiang wants to go back to Italy again you can vouch for this something I've said repeatedly yeah. for weeks and weeks and weeks, and weeks. just out of curiosity mate mm. why didn't you say it when you knew it and you're saying it now about an out of it an out of it especially okay well that's a good question actually I'm glad you've asked me that the reason I didn't say about an out of it because obviously there's it's not just a straightforward he wants to leave there is baggage to it which I've hinted towards anyway now my my news and I, I'm I sound arrogant saying this but I think most people will accept what I'm saying now is the truth it gets picked up on it goes in papers it gets retweeted you know it it goes everywhere and I have to be very, very careful what I say because firstly, the legalities of saying certain things, but also... I'm a fan if I put out a month ago that Nautovic wants to leave and is unhappy and it spreads like it does then I indirectly am affecting the morale and the happiness at the club you know I, I told you about Pae months before mm, that yeah, happened months, yeah. months that was when I told you about it, it two was, or three months it was months. actually in like October yeah, yeah exactly yeah, so that, we yeah. knew all about that and I hinted mm. towards it hinted towards it until it got to the point where it was going to blow up and if you listen back to the last two or three shows I have said it indirectly haven't yeah, I? Yeah. I said there's mm. more to it, blah, 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 blah. But I have to be so careful because if I come out and say, oh, now Switch is unhappy, wants to go to China, 
wants more money. Everyone will say, why has he said that? That should stay on the training ground. You shouldn't say that. He's not a fan. He's spreading rumors about us, blah, 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 blah. And I just have to be very selective in my info. People seem to think I've lost sources. I haven't. If anything, I've got more now. I just have to manage the info. When I was anonymous back in the day and no one knew who I was you guys didn't even know me yeah. I didn't have a radio show didn't matter what I said but now I just have to be a little bit more selective and also I have to build up trust you know people I, one person in the club I guess knew that I knew this I proved that I wouldn't go and put it out willy nilly and it just builds up trust with certain people so, so that it's all to do with that anyway let's get back on onto it um, so as a result of the situation with Hernandez and Anatovic Pellegrini has drawn up a list for now and for the summer because don't forget Carol's contracts up as well in the summer of strikers that he'd potentially like to come in now this list is big you know he's literally said to the scouts and the agents these are the sort of players that I would like to come to the club and at the moment I'll go through some of the names um, but these are the sort of players that we are potentially looking at now I mentioned I don't know how to pronounce half of them and they're all pretty they're all foreign so I'm going to struggle mm. the whole way through but um, I think his name's Ver Werner the German international now he plays for uh, Red Bull Red Bull Salzburg now there's no way we're going to get him we put a tentative inquiry about him said is he available they said he's going to go to Munich I think in the summer for big big money and that was the end of that so that in, there was initial interest but it didn't go anywhere a guy called Piatek of Genoa again scored a lot of goals in that league but Milan are apparently really after him Belotti plays for Torino another um, like tentative inquiry all blown out the window because there's too much interest and then they wouldn't come to West Ham in, in the Portuguese league there's a guy called Morega I think played for Porto Marega. yeah we made strong inquiries about him in the summer um, and he was someone that we were very keen on we've, uh, um, we've got good links to Portuguese clubs and I think there will be business with them this summer but um, he's someone that we've uh, approached Das Boist he's got a phenomenal scoring record for Sporting Lisbon I think he's got the same goals as he has yeah yeah We've been linked with him before, haven't we? Yeah, Yeah, his goals record is phenomenal. Whether we'd be able to get him or not, I don't know. But that's someone they've looked at. If you go domestically, I am building up to the ones that are more likely. I've said, again, throughout the the last three or four weeks, Chelsea players on loan. That is something that we keep trying to negotiate with. Giroud Giroud is someone that we've always um, had a keen eye on. We've we've admired him for a while. A loan for Giroud for six months is not out of the um, is not out of the question. Uh, Batshuayi is still technically a Chelsea player. He wants to go to Monaco. Possible movement there, but I I, I think he's set on going to Monaco. Um, we like Callum Wilson. I said that earlier, but they've put a £75 million price Jesus. tag on him. Yeah, so, really? so that's the end of that one. I wonder one. how Callum feels about that. Pardon? I wonder how Callum feels yeah, exactly, about that. Yeah, exactly, yeah. So that's the end of that one, pretty much. And he's got dodgy knees as well, so it'd be a huge gamble. Origi of Liverpool, I spoke about him. There's someone potentially on loan. We've scouted a couple of Brentwood. Brent. Food. I always do this Brentford players uh, and um, one's called Watkins Ollie Watkins he's a midfielder Rico Henry's a left back and I mentioned Malpai on the show last week they've all been players that have been watched Jekko and I'm wheeling off hundreds of names but as I keep stating he's got a big list at the moment I'm not just guessing the list is there Jekko ex-Man City players we all know plays for Roma currently yeah. he's a very good mm. player but he's 33 I think so or 32 so age is on his side but again if we can get a decent 
price he'd some we'd like to explore now we're moving to um there's a guy at Nantes called Salah that we looked at but I think he's going to Cardiff for a record fee now the one that seems to have the most substance at the moment and the, and the one that Pellegrini is most keen on is a guy called Maxi Gomez um he plays for Celso uh, Vigo, thank you. In um, Spain, obviously, as a Uruguayan international, he's got a very good goals record. There's a lot of clubs interested in him, but apparently he's the one that Hizilios and Pellegrini have identified as the main person. There was talk we could offer Perez um, in exchange, plus money, obviously. Um, Celso Vigo, main rivals of Deportivo, which was Perez's last club, but there was possible talk about that. But he's the one that I think if Anatovic does go, he's the one that they'll try to bring in as the replacement. Age is, is on his side. I think mean, he's 22, 23, um, and he's got a great record, um, highly rated. Um, Obiang, as I've already mentioned, in terms of players going, wanted to go to Italy, but and I think we would have signed Shelby to replace him, but New Newcastle have rejected the offer um, and Obiang um, has been told that there's no suitable replacement for you so you have to stay until at least the summer which I think he's meant to be disappointed about but professional about nonetheless Oxford has made it very keen that he wants to leave he's got a new agent to try and help him um, I think Borussia Dortmund are showing some interest as well as a couple of other German teams he is injured at the moment so whether we'll get that through I don't know if we don't he'll probably go on loan somewhere um, a couple of academy players are in talks to go as well and the last bit of news does concern the academy now I've heard today that Terry Wesley will probably be leaving in the summer um, in the summer he'll be stepping down from his post apparently he's gone part time as it is anyway he's only doing two days a week two three days a week as it is and spending the rest of the time in France apparently at the end of the year he's looking to possibly step down Liam Manning is um, highly involved in the academy he's apparently doing more of what Wester used to do and he's been supported by someone called Ricky Martin who <laughs> is not singing the Vida Loca uh, he is uh, someone else and uh, he is supporting the academy as well so that would be an interesting in changes obviously Terry West who's been there a while now certainly under Golden Sullivan some say is responsible for Rice coming through so it'll be interesting to see how that situation um, develops and if anyone comes in to to take that role mm. okay thank you mate uh, after another short break it's going to be the last part of the show which will be questions from our collective followers on social media
to the show and as always thanks to everyone that's taken the time to send us the questions X is going to kick us off so this comes from at Adam 27996 how is Dave Walker's Sunderland save on Football Manager 19 getting on um, <laughs> I've, I've heard you've actually had a bit of a mare and that you are no longer Sunderland manager well it's, it, it depends what way you look at it. I mean first and foremost I do want to thank everyone for their support during you know what was some dark days for me and my family I have to say <laughs> Uh, you know, for, for those of you that don't know, I, I was Sunderland manager for a brief reign. Uh, I think it went to 23 games. I was sitting fourth, uh, four points off of top spot. Took them to the Carabao Cup quarterfinal and lost my job. Um, it was a real eyebrow raiser. Wasn't um, it off the field? Um, antics. Well, there was listen. There were some stories floating around by their local <laughs> ITKs, but you, you can't believe everything you can hear. It's, it's Man United away in a hotel. That's what it was. What yeah. Is it? yeah, these <laughs> ITKs. This is what I mean about them. Look, they start spreading stuff about you. That's what I mean, mate. You know, you know what they're like. Um, you wanted to go to China, didn't you? Yeah. Your brother was telling everyone. Yeah, there was a lot of politics involved. <laughs> I don't want to go into too much detail on there, but um, you know, needless to say, you know, thankfully, I didn't have to move my family to Sunderland because obviously the game isn't real. Um, <laughs> but you know, there were a lot of stresses and strains with it. That said, Portsmouth gave me a chance. They 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 thought that Sunderland had missed an opportunity, much lower budget, hundred and twenty five uh, grand spending for the year, and I finished second and got promoted. Um, it was until I got relegated the next season oh, with Portsmouth. Again? They kept me on, uh, and then I, I just was losing games that I. Uh, I should be winning so it's more kind of Mario Kart and Super Mario Party at the moment until I can uh, until I can be bothered to have another crack here but, Please but thanks me. for your support I mean and all the banners outside people that travelled from London to the Stadium of Light protesting you know saying you lot are fucking idiots for letting him go means a lot Please tell me you're winning at Mario Kart <laughs> I don't know mate, but I tell you mate my little girls are, are becoming a force on that game we're having some tasty little uh, Mario Kart Maybe you need to retire from computer games might be the messaging <laughs> yeah. what, what, what is actually yeah. your character of choice on Mario Kart I like, I'm, a metal, I'm a metal Mario man actually well gosh things have moved on since I played Mario Kart I've never even heard of him <laughs> I still use Toad yeah see I used even to be, from the very first original I used to be SNES, Cooper yeah. Trooper from the original one and then I decided I was going to be as annoying as possible when I beat my mates so I chose Princess and every time she won I just go Peach is gutted like that just to annoy them and it's stuck ever since so. <laughs> oh, or, or I could also do what my wife wants me to do and grow up so I'm, I'm sort of looking at all options at the moment <laughs> right, this one's from uh, Michael Boxing Brain. Good mate of my Michael. How are you doing, mate? Um, hey, lads. In today's crazy market, what do we think the following players would be worth in 2019 prices? Vic Watson, uh, our all-time record goal scorer. Bobby Moore, 
Billy Bonds, Sir Trev, and a 28-year-old DiCanio. Thanks for the show. Oh, good questions. I mean, That's this a is great a great question. question. Do you know what? The reason I put this in as well is because I had a, quite a few discussions with people that thought my evaluation of Declan Rice when I put it on him. I hate to put evaluation on him because I hope we never sell him. But someone asked me how much do you think he's worth, and I said 70 to 80 million. And I reckon about 80% of the fans agreed with me, but there was about 20% that just said it's ridiculous. How can he be worth that much, etc., cetera, etc.? Cetera. But I honestly believe it's this market and the, the line that someone gave me was that oh well Raheem Sterling is potentially a better player than Declan Rice and he only went for 50 million but he went about what three four years ago now mm. the market's even moved on from then you know how much would Bobby Moore be worth in this market now uh, Trevor Brookin De Canio, it, it's just really hard to even imagine you know Bobby Moore going if you consider what he actually went on to achieve and the play he went on to be you've got to be talking over 100 million yeah, well, well to you took the words out my mouth there all of these are 100 million plus players I mean mm. with the exception of Di Canio maybe at, yeah. at 28 years yeah. of age yeah. Um, but yeah in today's market he certainly wouldn't be worth 1.2 million pound that's for sure in today's market Di Canio at 28 I don't know I mean probably, probably f- about 50 f- to 60 50 60 yeah. I'd say I think yeah. yeah because that's the inflation of of transfer rates now it's just it's gone through the roof and, and do you know what I don't think it's out of the realms of possibility to one day in the not so distant future start seeing billion pound players yeah it probably will happen yeah. I mean also if you do this comparison right say because Anatovic is 29 yeah and obviously we're saying to Canio at 28 we're looking for 50 million for Anatovic at 29 I would say out of the two of them, the Canio is a, a much better player in my oh, opinion of out of the mm, two. Mm. So if an Altovich is worth fifty million now, what does that make the Canio worth? He's at least twenty million better than an Altovich, so mm. seventy million would it? You know, it's a, it's just out of control at the moment. Speaking of players, I forgot to mention that we are interested in a centre back as well in my section and uh, possibly a, another midfielder. But it, like I keep saying, it's all domino effects. Any names or not? Quickly, uh, there are names, but it's going to yeah. take forever. I'll save that for next section. But there oh. are now. Maybe tweet a few out as well, but as a, and also it changes so frant- frantically as Dave Walker, you know, of Sunderland and Portsmouth can tell you. <laughs> you know, it, it literally one minute something's happening, you think you've got your info right, you get off the phone, and one phone call has been made, and the whole picture has changed. Suddenly, so. you play Mario Kart. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah that's it, it's yeah. all subject to change, but no, it is true. I think a lot of people overlook that in football. You know, it, and this is where I kind of sympathise with you sometimes, X. Is that I know that you've tweeted stuff in the past that is absolutely genuine and it doesn't happen so people say that you've got it wrong well actually you've never got it wrong it's just that the transfer didn't happen for natural causes in football like the player didn't agree terms he's had another offer elsewhere and there have been players that have been pulled away from signing the contract at the last minute to join someone else so that is football Uh, this one I'm not sure on the pronunciation of this Um, excuse me if I get this wrong this one's from at Yan Polonchi Polonchi assuming that we'll be buying a new striker this window would you prefer an older experienced player or would you take the risk on a younger talent our average uh, squad age is 28 P.S. It's my dog's birthday today. He's a big fan of the show. Happy <laughs> birthday, Leo. Yeah, give him a couple of treats from us. There's a nice picture of his dog, actually. Um, I like that dog. <laughs> it's cute. <laughs> I'd like, I'd like to see us go for someone sort of mid-20s. I don't want to see us go for anyone too young because we've got Jandy Silva coming through. Um, I wouldn't want to go older. 
Giroud's been mentioned a couple of times. I'm not too sure uh, about that one. I'd like to go sort of mid-20s. I think it just depends on the player because, I mean, you know, there was we were linked with Ibrahimovic, but that obviously never really had any substance. It was just he said he was coming to London. Ibrahimovic is 37, but I'd take him. I'd take Ibrahimovic like mm, that. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, but, yeah, but he's he's just a different kettle of fish altogether. Yeah, but I think, you know, even Dzeko at 33, I mean, I, yeah, ideally... But someone, again, these are just quick fixes, aren't yeah, they? They are, yeah. and ideally someone like Gomez at 23 is the better option. But I think it does depend on, on the player, really. It, it does. And you made a good point there because obviously Ibrahimovic is older. So therefore, you know, it, it would be discounted from what you're saying, Kev. But if, mm. if it's someone like Ibrahimovic, you'd, you'd take it. I certainly would. I mean, I, I'd like to see a balance. I mean, I can't see it happening in January, but pr- probably in the summer where we get we get a balance. Because why not bring in two or three strikers with one of them being well-established and experienced mm. in the Premier League um, and then take a punt on someone like Gomez? Because this is the trouble. I think if you're going to bring a youngster through, it's always a lottery. Because, I mean, I was listening to the names you were reading off earlier on in terms of the strikers, X, and I think 90% of them haven't played in the Premier League before. Yeah. Um, not to say they Steve. might turn up and absolutely blitz the Premier League and mm. score 25 goals but on the flip side they might be a disaster but be very successful in another league overseas so that, that, that's the trouble that you've got so I would like to safeguard us with maybe a Dzeko for example and then have a Gomez alongside the problem with mm. um, like you said like, well, most of them being overseas is you, you relate that to Wilson Wilson's one of the few domestic players we're looking at 75 million well, exactly that, and that's the problem and that's why we have mm. to take gambles yeah. because we can't afford to, 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 to take a safe bet. This and, is a problem. And that's the thing. And, the, and the, you know, the quotas that you have in the Premier League now, you have to have a certain amount of homegrown players, which then makes them more valuable as well, because you have to have, I think it's eight possibly, homegrown players. So therefore, that makes those that are good enough to be in your Premier League squad that much more valuable, because you have to have eight of them. So that's why it's really mm. hard to buy domestically. Mm. Um, is it me? Yeah. Yep. Um, at J Carson underscore seventeen fifty five. I hope that's not when he was born. Well, actually, if he is born, then that's a very good innings. He's well certainly seen some good times and some bad times <laughs> exactly. at West Ham. Got to imagine, yeah, some great <laughs> stories to tell. He'd tell you about Vic Watson, wouldn't he? Well, that's it. Yeah, he could even tell you about the French Revolution. Seven I don't know. He's some of a bit of history. No, that's right. The French Revolution. Uh, I don't know what came up. Either. That'd be a heavy radio show, wouldn't it? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> tell us about the Such French Revolution, mate. Thought. I don't know why that came into my head of all the things <laughs> in history. I'm going to say. Um, anyway. Um, right um, hey guys love the show I know Kev has tweeted a lot about bringing Hugel back for a run I'm curious on all three of your thoughts that was tongue in cheek obviously wasn't it <laughs> yeah not, not for me I, I mean, feel sorry for him mm. I like the lad I think he's got a great attitude and uh, but he's, he's not got a career at West Ham I don't think do you know what though he's actually done alright for Middlesbrough I'm not, mm. I'm not saying because obviously it's a championship I'm not saying whether he's ready to make the adjustments to Premier League but he's actually done alright there randomly to one of the games I actually got the train down to Stratford because we didn't have an event I ended up sitting next to a Middlesbrough fan that was on the train that was going to QPR QPR v Middlesbrough and I literally like as you do it's also, I was like so how's Hugo how's Randolph how's Stuart yeah. Downing went, you know, is he still there Downing I forgot yeah, about Downing. him he's still there yeah I went for as many as uh, players I could think of and um yeah, he said that he's really impressive, Hugo. But um, wasn't yeah. impressive Fletcher actually. He said Fletcher was rubbish. But so we got, we got how much did we get from about nine uh, million, yeah, wasn't it? six or seven. But yeah, he got absolutely oh, still. But yeah, I mean, I'm not saying I'd take Hugo back. No, I wouldn't. I don't mm. think he's Premier. I think those times have gone. To be honest with you, you know, we spent a long time you know, looking at championship alternatives or the best player in the championship or trying to nick a gamble here and there. And whilst you're looking, I think our gamble extends to maybe trying to uncover a gem overseas. 
but that's really the only type of gamble we should be taking at this well, stage. Now we've got the money to pay and that's the transfers. The difference of having a top class manager. Yeah, and we've got the money to pay the wages. So I, I think we've um, the, the Hugel days are gone, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. The only gamble they massively missed out on though was Madison. That was a championship player they should have taken a gamble on. I think Dak of Blackburn's an interesting one, and Brentwood have got a few players as well. So there are them out there, but you're right, they are often gambles. I tell you what was a bit of an eyebrow raiser for me. It's kind of going off topic. Is is Bournemouth getting Klein? On yeah, loan, I, yeah. I thought he'd be a I good fit at West Ham, especially on loan. You've got nothing to lose there, and I've yeah. always really liked him. I think the difference is Bournemouth, their right back got injured just before that, and they were like, Right, you're our number one right back, you'll play every game. Whereas someone like West Ham, we got Zabaleta. Has he gone on a permanent there? No, he's on, he's loan, on loan, but yeah. we got mm. Zabaleta, who's been brilliant this season, and mm. Fredericks is now back in training. So we couldn't have promised him. Jury's right. out on Fredericks, though, as well, wasn't it, to yeah, be honest? Yeah, I mean, Click Hines, clearly, I would have over Fredericks, but it would have been harsh on Zabaleta to suddenly get rid of him, and I think that was probably the factor. Mm. Mm. Right, this one's from uh, at Westy Hammeret. Uh, do you think the West Ham team's fitness is what should be now? Under Billich, it was awful. Then Moyes started doing triple training sessions and players were tired. Now under Pellegrini, it looks like the squad... Uh, are at the top physical peak and seem happy for it. Mm, you've only got to look at Antonio for a start. Yeah, I, I mean, he's, that's a great case in point. I was yeah. genuinely getting concerned over his physical well-being because he yeah. was going so long looking like an athlete, maybe at times looking overweight, and just struggling to get 20 minutes out of him. And I, I couldn't get my head around it, but obviously Pellegrini's experience in, in, in getting top athletes to the top condition that they can be in as, as, as rubbed off on Antonio as the prime example and, and like um, that person said you know across the board we, we do look a lot fitter which is brilliant because we desperately mm. need that and the fitness coach isn't 70 years old yeah true exactly yeah, ice skating coach yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Billich, it? I think yeah. we've actually got a proper backroom team now I mean there was ones under Billich oh wonder Moyes I liked I liked Pierce um, I thought you know there was a, I thought um, Irvine was good um, but yeah I think we've just got a real proper team now mm. Right, this one, and uh, he's going to be over the moon with this because he's, he's put a lot of pressure. I think he's even got his pals involved to, to, to try and see if he can get the question on the show. And uh, it's from Tony at TJ Sullivan, 1987. So I hope you're well, mate. I'm pleased we finally got it on for you. Uh, this one is, um, a lot of West Ham fans will, will, will come up with a very obvious answer to this, I'm sure. But how lucky are we to have a long-serving West Ham boy like Noble? And how unlucky was he not to get a cap in his prime after uh, repping England at every other level and considering some of the bad players that got caps ahead of him I agree I think it's yeah. very unlucky that he never got an England cap I mean there are some absolute shockers on that list that have got England caps so for him to have been a consistent Premier League performer like he has done for so many years it is unlucky that he never got into an England squad mm. and I think we are very lucky I, I've always said I think when Noble leaves or when Noble retires will be the day that he's properly appreciated by West Ham fans and until then he'll always have that jury out on him by some mm. fans I agree but but in terms of the uh, England representation I mean especially at last season at the Bowling he was pivotal to that and he, yeah. and he was consistent and he had so much quality I think that was his best season well for a hell of a long time in, in my opinion and now he didn't get a call up in that season it's just beyond me to be honest it was under Hodgson though wasn't it uh, didn't probably, he refuse yeah. to play for Hodgson at Fulham or something I'm sure I heard that from somewhere I mean, a long time ago as refused well. to sign yeah yeah because yeah. of Hodgson yeah, yeah. Well, I don't know mm. I don't know but I remember that, interestingly I met up 
with Julian Dix when he was the assistant manager at West Ham and I think we asked him because that was that season last season at Bowling and some I asked him what has Noble got to get to, what has Noble got to do to get the England team and he said that the England coaches don't feel that he's fast enough both into phys- physically and mentally to play at international level that's the that's the statement I got which I think is incredibly harsh because yeah, just give him a friendly well, exactly. yeah. try him out at least yeah. we well, see. see some of the players that do get run outs for England and it blows your mind I know. So, yeah, I mean... There's so many players over there. You look at Michael Ricketts, whatever his name was, played one game, you know, played for Bolton, Bolton or something. Mm. He was at Warsaw. He scored a lot of goals, though. For about yeah. two months and then never played again. And there's so many. that have got England caps. Matt Jarvis has got an England cap. Mm. <laughs> so, you know, Matt Jarvis can get one and Mark Noble should get one. Yeah. I guess it's position-wise as well. Noble, in his early career, was competing with Lampard, Gerrard, you know, mm. and so on. Whereas yeah. Jarvis on the left side, probably not many people. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Assume that. I'm so bad at keeping up with these questions. <laughs> it is uh, Mike J. Milne. That is the next one, isn't it? Yeah. Um, if we let Adrian go, why can't Trot step up? Something I actually meant to say a couple of shows ago, and I forgot. It appears that a Yang, is this his name? He's the other backup keeper, Ghanaian, also potentially switching nationalities to become English, has actually moved ahead of Trot in the recognition. Really? Uh, yeah, apparently. Apparently on the training ground, a Yang's really, really impressed um, the, the boys, and they think that Trot is a little bit laid back and needs a bit of work on his game, mm, whereas a Yang's yeah. really stepped up. So... That's good because apparently both of them are very good keepers. But um, yeah, Yang apparently mm. is slightly ahead of him. So yeah, that's what, that's. But I do believe they've both got a lot of potential. At James Hawkins twenty four says, uh, "What are the best three managers West Ham have ever had? You can use Pellegrini if you want to, and I feel confident." I think for me it's between well, it's Greenwood, Lyle. Green, Greenwood, Lyle straight away until you Lyle. come out. I'd say Redknapp as well. And then that's what I was going to say. That's the yeah. more Greenwood, Lyle, Redknapp yeah, I'd say and Redknapp, um, yeah. Pellegrini. As much yeah. as it pains me. So yeah. if you take Pellegrini out of it, then it's Redknapp, Lyle and Greenwood, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think so. Uh, this one is from at Troy Jones 13. Um, is, this, is this to you, is it X? Or is it just... No, it's to all of us. Okay, just it's, it's tagged you there. But Dex's goal uh, really uh, choked me up. Um, has a goal nearly brought you to tears. Do you know what? I, I know exactly what you mean about Declan. It, it did me, actually. I think yeah. it did everyone. It was yeah. one of those moments because you knew what it meant to him. And, and obviously, like you said, X, you know, we've, we've had him on the show. And when we had him on the show, he was really in his infancy at West Ham. And you could tell about his maturity in the game, his mindset, and just how desperate he was to do well. And I think in any walk of life, you want good people to do well. Uh, but at this level, on that stage, when you know how difficult it is to achieve at that level, for him to get that goal not long after getting a contract, it, it was a really emotional time, that, without a doubt. Yeah. Before his birthday as well, wasn't it? Yeah, a exactly. days before yeah. his birthday. Before yeah. his it's, birthday. Been, it's been a good yeah. time for that. Two days sure. before, yeah. Um, he, it was amazing. I mean, yeah, no, it was close. On that. So I think it was the interviews that got me more just afterwards when you could see like the one with Noble, where he literally you can't stop, stop smiling. smiling yeah. Yeah. And then he just thought, oh, good lad. You know, that is literally sums up what playing for West Ham is about. Um, another one for me was um, De Canio. Against when Chelsea. Yes, yes, exactly. Against yes. Chelsea's last goal yeah. he was so emotional and that passion where he threw his shirt and you know that that for me is probably yeah definitely that's a good shout I that remember. one obviously I've been emotional with goals conceded but, <laughs> but yeah, in terms of happiness that that was probably yeah, Dix's right. penalty against Man United as well yeah yeah. Oh, what a moment that was mm, yeah, yeah. So I don't think I cried for that one but yeah certainly the Canio one I was very emotional but <laughs> um 
it's not me again. Is it me now, is it? No, it's, from, it's, it's me. Uh, at Brett's Hawk KZ90 says, uh, <laughs> Dave, as we all know, uh, you was better than Defoe. So if you Correct. played up front for West Ham, which one striker would you choose to partner up front <laughs> from the past 10 years and why? I love that as a final question. Well, I sort of, you know, it needles me. They f- he feels that I would need another striker alongside me. Shows <laughs> um, so how much confidence he'd have in me. Um, but yeah, I, I think, uh, I can't believe I'm actually answering this honestly. <laughs> Do you, know what, you know what? Do you know what? I'm just about to say, you, the way you was going to answer, he had such a straight face. <laughs> exactly. Like, yeah, well, you know. And he was wearing a tie with a straight. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny how I'm talking about my life as Sunderland butt. manager yeah. now I'm talking about playing up front for West Ham. So only on the West Ham Way podcast. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, on, uh, well, 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 dribbling and goal scoring <laughs> was my strength, right? So I probably could could have played as a number 10. Therefore, someone like uh, a, a Defoe, ironically, would have been a good, a good you pairing just for me. You just say that because you'd be the better player. You want to well, exactly, exactly. I've got to, I've got to warn it up. And I've got a bit years, of man at the moment. What West Ham striker in the past 10 years? <sighs> Dean Ashton would have been would have been up there, I think. Uh, no, that's not 10 years, is it? I, I'm caught in the uh, time. Yeah, yeah, yeah 2006. Yeah, Dean Ashton. I think he'd be yeah. uh, he'd be a good partner. Yeah. Teddy Sheringham. What about Kaz? Um, yeah, possibly. I see. I don't think you'd work with Andy Carroll because you're six foot four. He's six foot five. It's two, two. You don't have. Yeah, two but then you. Yeah, men. but then you said you play Arnie and Carroll up front y- together. Y- yeah, but yeah, but, but you've Carroll's not. not you've not seen size. him play though. You've not seen him play. I I mate, so you don't know what against, you're talking about, Ig, so just him. just keep your mouth shut, mate. <laughs> I've, I've played against you. I tried to mark you once. <laughs> <laughs> Believe me, I remember. Um, like, I, I, yeah, I, but week in week out, about massaging his ego. Go on, mate. He's very, Massage very, away. very difficult to play. Like he just, he love, just can't get the ball off him. I love the way. About twenty minutes ago, Dave was going, "I've got to hurry up with this show." You know, <laughs> yeah, I ain't got yeah, much yeah, time. Yeah. Take my coat and off like again now. Back. Go on, yeah. carry on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just love the fact we're talking about yeah, this I, I on the podcast. You, I mean, obviously, I'm judging it on. I've got the research that Kev's got, but I would say maybe Bellamy. I think I can imagine you holding the ball up do a bit of skill like you say playing a ball and Bellamy runs on to your pass or there's space created because of your <laughs> we've all got a straight face <laughs> talking about this <laughs> now hang on hang on hang on, hang on. You, you said you said Dave's going to run on to one of his passes no, that Bellamy, never happened no, no, no. well I never track back never happened no, Bellamy's running on to Dave's pass and um, <laughs> Dave didn't like running but no, give him the ball you ain't getting it off didn't him didn't need uh, to I guess running with the ball's not too bad yeah, but. yeah that's, uh, oh fact, god that's funny yeah I, I actually I think um, good question do you know what that is actually a good question for anyone not just for me yeah, yeah. but for anyone if you've played the game and now you saw yourself as a player what, what sort was, of strikes did you play, did you play? Uh, in the change room I never got picked no, I don't, no honestly so, what uh, position did you play uh, mainly like, it depends if you're talking about power league I used to play everywhere but when I was a kid she used to fill in wherever there was a gap really but mainly mainly as a midfielder I guess right, who would you partner in midfield then in the last 10 years I'm not good enough it's just embarrassing it's like at least Dave played for Charlton and Leighton Orient it's like me talking like ridiculous I partner Steve from the pub you know that's like the dog and duck yeah exactly (laughs) mate honestly I mean I I think I've always been a million times better footballer in my head than I have on the pitch unfortunately Mm. so I'm good at analysing and as a a coach I've I've got a fairly decent coaching career you know I've managed district level I've taken district teams to the finals of youth football I've coached at a fairly decent level but in terms of playing mm. I was never ne- never good mm. enough no way okay. 
Right, okay, that was interesting. What a way to sign off the show that was. <laughs> um, right, okay, I hope you've enjoyed uh, this um, podcast. Obviously, it's pre-recorded special. Not too sure how long the overall edit's going to be. I'm looking at the producer now. It could be another whopper. Um, but just a couple of things to tell you off the top of my head, actually. I haven't got this written down. But uh, as you know, we announced in a previous show about um, Goodbye Ginge, which is our next event. And that's an evening with James Collins. That's on February the 21st. Uh, that event is sold out it's sold out within two to three days and we've had a meeting uh, to discuss the capacity with the venue and it is extremely tight so watch this space because um we need to we need to manage that a little bit and the reason i'm saying that is outside of online ticket sales we've had jesus x how many people contact us I mean, directly wanting to pay on the door we could have got 500 times, yeah. we could have got 500 for this all day long mm. um, but obviously we have to keep everyone safe keep everyone comfortable happy. and yeah, happy and um, so there are going to be some disappointed people there because it's going to be a pucker night but please do bear with us because this is a new home for us there's going to be teething problems much like West, when West Ham moved to mm. London Stadium mm. uh, it's a bit of a learning curve but it will be a really really good night the second bit of news I've got to tell you, um, can we announce this now or not? Yeah, let's do it, I'm yeah. buzzing for it. Okay, mate, right. That's the evening events that we're going to do. We're going to look to do about four, five, six of them in a year, and we've got some cracking guests lined up as well, so watch this space for that. That's alongside the pre-match event stuff that we're doing at the same venue, where the first pre-match event is on the 2nd of March. That's a Saturday before the Newcastle game, and we're over the moon to announce that the special guest for the live Q&A joining Wally on stage for that one is someone who lives near Moscow, and he's playing in goal for West Ham. It is, of course, big Ludo McCloskoe, so over the moon about that. Uh, tickets for that event is going to be released very shortly oh, I mean we should probably do it this week mate, yeah I, f- I think it's going to be yeah. this week but again you have to realise that it is a slightly less capacity than the East End Working Man's Club so if you do want to come and this this isn't a marketing blag because the proof's in the pudding with a ginger event if you want to come the best thing you can do is book your tickets as soon as possible to avoid disappointment so we hope to see you there we've got some great nights and days planned uh, and we hope you can share it with us and that is it so thanks to everyone for listening thanks for sending the questions in for the show I hope you enjoyed the um, interview with Robert Snodgrass as well I thought that was fantastic mm-hmm. and let's hope for another three points against Bournemouth on Saturday and until next week come, come on you irons. irons.